Welcome back. You are listening to Nathy Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei, each of whom have donated $100. Thank you for your generosity and continued support to the channel. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, MVG. Hey, what's going on, Nate? Great to be here. Thanks for having me on, as always. It's great to have you, and we're going to have a very heavy topic today, one that I'm sure is going to upset some people, but hopefully enlighten people and serve as a reminder that we as the consumer have all the power in a situation and that we have to be the ones to hold publishers and developers accountable for their misdeeds, their scammy and sleazy marketing tactics, and that we are no longer going to fall for such trickery moving into the future. And that is, of course, means I'm talking about Cyberpunk 2077 and CD Projekt Red. Over the last 24 hours, CD Projekt Red had issued an apology on Twitter, and I use the term apology loosely. Everything that I saw in this three-paragraph tweet is nothing more than a smokescreen. This is a bomb to rub on their wound to buy them time, and for us as the gaming community to basically prove to them that we have a short memory and that we are going to forgive them for everything they have done in anticipation of this hotly anticipated release. Everyone wants to see the good in Cyberpunk, and there's a lot of bad here. And let's break down this apology paragraph by paragraph. The first paragraph states... Dear gamers, first of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last-gen consoles before it premiered and, in consequence, not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. What is your takeaway from that statement? I think this is really more of a, a statement to the investors you know like i think the bottom line is when the game came out and people realized how badly it ran nate and the absolute disgraceful performance that's being shown on ps4 base and xbox one they they quickly realized that they were in some hot water and i don't really know why they they would think that any other any anything else would happen in this scenario but they had to come out and make a statement right that that you know we apologize but i i don't really accept their apology i think it's it's really more i'll say damage control right now like i said if you look at the share price uh, when the game released it dropped significantly it went from i think it was around 26 dollars all the way down to like 18 dollars on december the 14th and I mean that is that's a that's a that's a drop, right? I mean it's not it's not something that's going to tank their business. I mean they're a very very lucrative, very profitable business with a lot of different arms, including GOG and other things. But at the end of the day, it's a bad look. The shareholders, mm-hmm. the investors responded, you know, not not very favorably. They're asking questions. What's going on here? What's happening with this release? You told us. You told us that this release was running well, you know, um, during that investor call that happened, you know, previously. So why 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 is this happening? And I think this is their response. This is their response to, you know, the 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 fallout from this. And I don't really see it as a true apology. I think this is really just a message that, you know, that they screwed up, but I don't really see it as as sincere. Yeah, it's definitely not a sincere apology because in their apology, they, I mean, they literally say we should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So all that's saying to me is that you intentionally neglected to show us those versions because you knew they performed poorly. You knew they didn't look that good and that you could just come out after the fact and say, sorry, we should have done better on those base versions that we promised this game for almost a decade ago. Yeah. I mean, this game was built on those versions, right? I mean, it was targeting those versions to begin with. The game was announced even before the PS4 and the Xbox One was released. But, I mean, you know, when when this game was announced, 
in 2012 and they started making the game let's assume it took you know many years before actual coding had started they were well and truly targeting the xbox one and the ps4 the next gen systems weren't even a discussion at that point so you know for them to turn around and say we neglected those systems after the fact it's it's not very honest i don't don't see that as as a very honest thing you know i mean for me nate this game feels like a pc game and it was kind of shoehorned in consoles after the fact it felt like it feels like to me that this game was always built for a pc and obviously because of a extremely large console user base they had to go ahead and make you know versions for those systems as well and what's curious and has stood out to me is everyone has to remember this game was supposed to come out in april of this year right so how is this game on these base platforms i'll even include playstation 4 pro and xbox one x and the game doesn't perform well on those platforms either how is this game feasibly supposed to release in April of this year without PS5 and Xbox Series X being available? And CD Projekt Red was going to be okay with that before that delay? Like, it's impossible. They knew what these versions ran like, and they bought themselves as much time as possible yes. to hopefully launch the game alongside next-gen hardware and to have a PC version running well enough on high-end graphics cards, which, as far as I can tell, the only reason the game is out today is for the high-end PC user because it's unplayable on base PS4 and Xbox One. It's Yes, it's playable on Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, but it's not an ideal experience. It's more of a, this makes do with what I have, so I really want to play the game, and this is the best it can do, so I'll accept it in its, in its satisfactory state. But they were gearing up to release a game for all intents and purposes that only high-end PC players could play. Yeah. And had they come out a year ago and said, our first release is going to be for PC. Yep. Console versions will follow a year later. Yep. The PC version, yes, it would have launched with the bugs and glitches we're seeing today. But they could have ironed some of those out leading up to the console releases and hopefully optimized the game for PS4 and Xbox One. Instead, they said, forget it. Everything's coming out in time for the holidays and everything about the release for this month was about holiday dollars. Yeah. As simple as that. I agree. And, and that's what basically the second paragraph touches on. And I'll read that now. They said, second, we will fix bugs and crashes and improve the overall experience. The first round of updates has just been released, and the next one is coming within the next seven days. Expect more, as we will update frequently whenever new improvements are ready. After the holidays, we'll continue working. We'll release two large patches, starting with patch number one in January. This will be followed by patch number two in February. Together, these should fix the most prominent problems gamers are facing on last-gen consoles. We will be informing you about the contents of each patch ahead of their release. They won't make the game on last-gen look like it's running on a high-end PC or next-gen console, but it will be closer to that experience than it is now yeah everything about that paragraph to me is another sleazy deceptive marketing tactic where they are saying to gamers sorry we sold you a game that doesn't function right but we're promising you two patches and if you believe us and you should because we've been so trustworthy up to this point we're going to fix the game for you by february but there's one phrase there that stands out to me and it's this the problem gamers are facing on last-gen consoles. Why don't you specify? Why don't you say base PlayStation 4 or Xbox One? Because last-gen includes PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One X, and there's nothing about the second paragraph that gives me confidence yeah. that the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 version of this game is going to run well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you nailed it. Um <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, Nate. I mean, the, the more I the more I see this and read into this, the more pissed off I get about it. Like it's, it really is just the most piece of deceptive marketing I've ever seen from a video game company. It's it's unbelievable how this is how this has played out. Like the thing that I keep thinking about is the embargo stuff, right? How they 
they came up with that that embargo that there was two embargoes right there was the text one and then there was the video one so for those people that that may not be aware um when the game was reviewed by reviewers they could only do a text only review of the game and then a few days later they could show video footage but the the text only review of the game which is what most publications reviewed the game on and that's what metacritic scores were based off only included b-roll footage that was provided by cd project red and now that you go back and, and, and think about that based on this, this information, it makes sense as to why they did that. You know, like they didn't want to have that Mass Effect Andromeda situation happen again, right? Where there were all those memes of, you know, bugs and, and clipping issues and bad animations and T-poses and all that stuff. All that stuff is here now, but it wasn't here when reviewers were putting their final scores on the game and giving it a, you know, a 90, 90% or a 10, 100% or a 10 out of 10, whatever. The 90, mm-hmm. the 90 Metacritic score that's on Metacritic right now is complete, has been completely, I don't want to say fabricated. That That's, that's not the right word, but they've just, they've just, it's been manufactured. You know what I'm saying? Like that score yes. is not indicative of the real score that that game actually deserves right now. They, danced around the the embargo they came up with this really restrictive embargo to get that high metacritic score to get the investors on board with them and 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 you know the and get get that that profit sharing payout that that they've wanted Mm -hmm. but the reality is this game is an absolute broken mess you know the majority of people that are playing this game on console aren't having a good experience on it. And that's the reality of it. And many people now, you know, are looking at CD Projekt Red asking, well, what the hell's what what's happened here? You know, you told us that this game was going to run great everywhere, but it's not. And look, as far as the patches are concerned, I think you, they have to fix this game. You know, like we talked about this on the Spawncast recently that um, there were some questions about, well, you know, do they... What are they going to do about the base PS4 version of the game? Um, they have to fix it. I mean, they have committed to this 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 platform, so they have to fix it. They have to make it work for the P, the base PS4. Now, whatever they do to make it work better, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if they if they're going to just do enough to get it running at an acceptable level of performance and then just leave it at that. But they have to do something. But I think the sad part is the human side of this, Nate, and that is. You know, we've we've talked about crunch and, and things like that on the show before. We've had um, we've had you know a developer on on the show discuss his story with crunch, and and, and we know that CD Projekt Red is no stranger to it. With a lot of articles written about their crunch culture, it's just going to continue. I mean, we're pushing the cart down you know down the road type of thing. It's it's these poor developers are going to be working through December, through January, through February to get these patches ready. So. You know, what was the urgency to get this game out in, you know, in December all of a sudden? You know, I think your point about releasing the game initially on PC and then dropping it on consoles after the fact, I think that was, that's the right way that they should have approached this. You know, they they should have released it on PC. All the bugs would, would have still been there, but they would have fixed it. And then by the time that the console versions were ready, it would have been much a much smoother experience, and I think it would have been a lot better for them in the in the long run. Yeah, I completely agree with that because right now the only people who are having a, I'll say, good experience with the game are high spec PC users. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a very small market of people. Everyone else had been anticipating this to play on their PlayStation 4 or Xbox One or maybe now their PS5 and Xbox Series X, which is still a very small number of people. Those systems are supply-constrained. And it's just everything about that paragraph stands out to me as they're hoping that we as the gaming community will once again be ignorant to their marketing trickery and sit here and say, well, they came out and apologized I forgive them. I'm sure they're going to fix it. Let's see what these next two patches bring. No, you don't fall for this. Yeah. Don't fall for this type of marketing deception, just like we fell for the marketing deception when they put out trailers showing the Xbox and PlayStation versions where there was just the PS4 Pro version and then the PS5 version playing Cyberpunk 
via backwards compatibility mode, and they did the same with the Xbox version. You know, you had people- I just want—I just want to mention, uh, just touch on that real quick. It's—it's it's funny you say that mm-hmm. because when this story broke last night, I was convinced, Nate. I was convinced that there was footage out there of of base PS4 and Xbox One, based Not on that. on tweets and stuff. And I, I went through CD Projekt oh, uh, Cyberpunk 27's YouTube page. And mm-hmm. I found that one that said PlayStation, you know, PlayStation version. It's like, well, here it is. So what's what's the big deal? And then you click on it and you go through it and you realize it's not the base PS4 version. It's the PS4 Pro, you know? Right. And it's like, well, and, yeah. I, I guess shame on me for, for missing it, you know, not seeing that, you know, just assuming that it was there. And I guess, you know, a lot of people also just assumed that it was there as well and, and they didn't really give it too much thought that, you know, they put out a video on it, but it all goes back to just the, the dishonest approach that they've taken on this. No, it's a great point. And we saw a lot of people make those tweets at the time those trailers released saying, oh, I don't have any fear now of how the game runs on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One because they put out those those trailers and that gameplay footage. But even if you look at those videos of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One X, you can tell that that footage was carefully chosen. It was curated by CD Projekt Red or by Warner Brothers to say, let's show it in the best light running on this hardware because we know after this scene, it tanks. We're not giving you a true showcase of how this game runs on these platforms. We're showing you scenes that look best so that when you're watching this, you can say, oh, that looks fine. I can't wait to pick up the game now. And And that's deceptive. That is trickery in the purest form. And CD Projekt Red isn't the only company guilty of this. There are numerous publishers who go out of their way to highlight certain elements of a game and gameplay footage. Or they even use sometimes a PC build and they'll say, oh, yeah, that's the Switch version. We saw that recently with Ghost Runner. Yeah. Ghost Runner on the eShop doesn't look anything like what the publisher put out there for public gameplay demonstrations. So this isn't exclusive to them. A lot of companies do this. And... You and I are old enough to remember bull shots. Yes, yes, I am. We <laughs> like Madden on Xbox 360. <laughs> the game never came close to that. It was, it was a bull shot. It was fake. It was rendered on a high-end PC of something that they would claim was targeting or Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs One. Oh yeah, still hasn't really been achieved by that franchise. That's, that is true, actually. I. I, I... Uh, yeah, you, Watch Dogs is a really good one to, to, to bring up in this scenario. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. And you know, like Cyberpunk is just the more recent example, but it was done so deliberately. This was done so intentionally. What do you think the harm is if they delayed the game again, other than just, oh, look, here we go again, you know, which, which, I mean, how bad is that really? You know, like if, if, if they did drop the PC version, you know, last week and, and they said, look, we need six more months on the console version, people would have been annoyed about it, but I think it was the right move to make. Why, Why wouldn't they do that? Do you think this is a, they needed to collect their, uh, you know, their goodwill and and their big fat bonuses from from investors, or do you think um, there's something more to this? I'd say it's a mixture of the two. We know that they already had a marketing deal in place with Microsoft, and that's yep. probably something you're not going to want to give up that money. That had to be a multi million, hundred million dollar type of deal, and that's a lot of money to a, you know to any company. And if I'm those investors, this is a game we've been waiting for. For years, if you're an investor, you guys, you know, you keep, you're making this game. We're waiting for that major revenue stream to come in from this big, ambitious project you keep promising. Had they just come out with a high-end PC version last week, 
it still would have sold millions. It would have sold well on PC. And if they said the console version is coming late 2021, I think they would have been, there would have been some form of understanding. But for the optics of three delays in a single year, it would have looked bad. Yeah. But had the game launched on PC in a, let's say, a slightly better state than it has, you could have potentially built up positive word of mouth. Like, yeah, the game is buggy, but due to the scope of the game, you know, it's kind of expected. You would have had that type of dialogue happening. Like we see with any game of this genre type, be it The Witcher 3, Skyrim, we'll probably see this similar type of conversation happening with Starfield. Yeah. But all of a sudden, let's say the roadmap remains the same. There was a major patch in January, another patch in February for the PC version. And let's assume the best here. February, that patch fixed everything on PC. People would be saying, cool, when this game comes out in November for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PS5, and Series X, we're going to get a pretty good version of the game. Yeah. And that could have benefited them. They didn't go that route. Instead, we got two versions of a game that make switch ports of current gen software look high end and we have i mean we're playing this game in backwards compatibility mode on our next gen systems because the next gen versions aren't even ready yet yeah and there's still problems even there this game has no right being on consoles right now i think it has absolutely no right you're absolutely right nate i mean i think that's the part that that really gets me the most is that other than the pc version it doesn't seem like there's a clear path for a good console version Sure, you can get away with playing it on your PS5 and Xbox Series X via brute force, but there are no way optimized to take advantage of any next-gen features, which, look, you can give them a pass for that, especially considering the extremely tight timelines they've had to get this game out. But I think I think the the, the biggest surprise to me is, you know, the, the, the 1X and the, the PS4 Pro builds don't really run very well either so it's like they focused all their attention on the pc version and the console versions were kind of an afterthought and you know here we are talking about this now now you know poor people are are left with a broken mess of a game which i just you know i don't think is right yeah that's i mean nobody should be stuck with this broken game because of these really bad marketing tactics by this company who has advertised this game for like years now. And I hate to use this term because it is a bit of hyperbole, but the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 versions of Cyberpunk 2077 in December of 2020 feels like a cash grab. Yeah, it is, right? I mean, it's it represents, you know, out of the 8 million pre-orders, you know, 40-something percent pre-ordered mm-hmm. on console. So out of that 41%, how many were base ps4 and xbox one let's let's assume it's half of that right and even and even that's probably way too low but i mean that's a lot of that's a lot of people you know that pre-ordered this game i mean like this is this was a cash grab pure and simple they knew people had been excited for it and generally speaking unless you happen to get a playstation 5 or an xbox series x there really wasn't that major holiday release this year Aside from Cyberpunk. So this was the game people were looking to. Let me ask you a hypothetical. Let's say you, you invested in CD Project Red, you're a shareholder. Let's say you, you put in, you know, a hundred grand and, and bought shares in this company. So you had a stake in this company, right? Albeit a, a pretty small one. But you were you were actively involved in, in the shareholder calls and everything. How how would you be feeling right now? Um, I mean, as a shareholder, I mean, even though the share price has dropped, I mean, there's no cause for concern, but how would you be feeling as a shareholder watching all this go down? Would you be wary of management at this point or would you be, would you be concerned or would you, would you suggest anything that they should do to, you know, to change things? What, 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 what would you say to this? I would want answers because... On the next shareholders call, I would bring up the point that earlier this year, when asked how the Xbox and PlayStation 4 versions of the game were running, I was told they were running surprisingly well. And from the now in reality demonstrations yeah. that I've seen, I can tell this was a lie. So you you lied to us. Mm-hmm. You lied to your shareholders. You have deceived us just as much as the consumer. 
and I would demand answers of what happened here. And I don't want to hear, we ran out of time. You didn't run out of time. You chose to release this game. Yep. And that's why I would want answers from them. I'd be very disappointed in my investment, but I know the response from the company is going to be, we have the patches. Yeah. Patches, it's a patch to fix a problem. But the hull of the Cyberpunk 2077 ship needs a lot more than a patch. Yeah. This boat is going to sink, and it's going to sink fast. And these two patches coming in January and February are not going to be the solution to this problem. Yes, it may make it run better on Series X and PlayStation 5 with the backwards compatibility. Maybe the One X and PlayStation 4 Pro version finds a little more stability. I am not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Today, December, what are we, December 14th of 2020, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt that the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 version will reach an acceptable level of performance come February of 2021. If by some miracle it does, bravo, you guys kept your promise, you kept your word. But unless you're incorporating features like the Switch version of The Witcher 3, where I can turn off AA, Mm -hmm. I can turn off Neon and all these other, you know, special effects... I don't see that happening. The game on the Xbox One, I have footage on my direct feed games channel. This game is a blurry mess. It, if I played this on an SD TV, yep. that's what it looks like on my HD TV. It's that blurry. Yeah. This game is at best 480. Yeah. And yeah. that is not acceptable. That should never have passed QA. It should never have passed lot check yep. at Microsoft or Sony. And it's a. This is an unmitigated disaster that makes Fallout seventy six look almost quality in comparison. <laughs> yeah, and- I, the thing that <laughs> bugs me more than anything about this, I mean, a lot of things bug me about this, but the one that I keep thinking about is they knew that this was going to happen. They knew the reaction to this. I mean, they're not they're not silly, right? They know they know. They knew what what kind of response would would come out from this, and they intentionally and they hid it care. from everyone. Yeah, they intentionally, they yeah, they intentionally hid those versions of the game until the game had come out. And by that yes. point, they had already received the the high accolades, the eight million pre orders, and the ninety Metacritic score. So it's like it's almost like they don't care, and I, I don't want to say that because that's not that's probably not a fair thing to say. Of course they do, but it's like you gamed the system, you know, for yep. your benefit, and you screwed over the public as a result of it. And that's the part that really just bugs the hell out of me here, like above and beyond anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and that's what these first two paragraphs of their statement are basically saying is we did all this intentionally here's our apology you're going to forgive us because you want to see the best in us we're your friend we're cd project red we gave you witcher 2 and witcher 3 and you guys want to like cd and you want to like cyberpunk 2077 so you're going to give us that second chance we don't deserve it but you don't want to be mad at your friends yeah and there are going to be a lot of people out there who have that exact mentality and that brings me to the third paragraph of their statement where they concluded with, finally, we would always like everyone who buys our games to be satisfied with their purchase. We would appreciate, we would appreciate it if you could give us a chance. <laughs> but if you are not pleased with the game on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you can opt for a refund for your copy. For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PlayStation Network or Xbox, respectively. For boxed versions, Please first try to get a refund at the store where you bought the game. Should this not be possible, please contact us and we will do our best to help you. Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December 21st, 2020. And yeah, that sounds nice from a political standpoint of we're sorry we disappointed you. If you want your money back, you can get it. But we're going to put a few hoops and obstacles in your way because we know if it's challenging for you, you're not going to do it. You're not going to send us an email to get your money back because we've promised you two patches in the coming weeks. And 
you want to see the best in us. So you're going to wait for those two patches. And this is where I'm going to put my foot down and say, if you bought a PlayStation 4 or Xbox One version, if you have experienced any glitch or bug in your game, if you are truly dissatisfied, even if you're not that dissatisfied, if you're just sitting there saying, what happened with this game? Get a refund. Yeah, take it back. Take Take it it back. Get your money back. Stand up to CD Projekt Red and exercise your right as the consumer. Get your money back. And you know what? If the game looks better come February, we can see a Digital Foundry video come out. We can look at the improvements made. And then we can decide if they have earned back our $60. If they have not, we can continue to wait for the next patch. But everybody, it doesn't matter how many hoops and obstacles you have to jump through. Get your money back on this game. Do not accept the deceiving marketing that this company has put forth. Do not fall for this three-paragraph apology that doesn't really even take accountability for what they did. All they said was, sorry, but give us a chance. No, sorry, we had your chance. Sorry we tricked you into buying our game, everyone. (laughs) That's what they're saying to you. They're saying, sorry, we we misled you into this and we'll, we'll try to fix it for you. And just give us a chance. Give us a chance. You know, don't don't give up on yeah. us. We'll make it right. They will make it right because, you know, it's CD Projekt Red. They've done this before with The Witcher 3. When that game came out, it was, wasn't was in a great state. They have fixed the game. And, mm-hmm. and now that we think about The Witcher 3, we think of it as one of the best RPGs ever. So, yeah, that, they'll fix it. But it's really just how we got here, how we got to this point, you know, that is, is really kind of, you know, bugging me. But, Nate, I agree with you. If you don't like the game the way it is right now, get the, get get a refund on it. I mean, as a consumer, you have you hold all the cards in the situation, and you know you can exercise your right to a refund as you should if you're not happy with the game. Yeah, absolutely. Exercise your right for the refund. Get your money back and wait for them to prove that they have fixed the problem. Don't believe their lies in the prior paragraph of we have two patches coming and it will make them a closer experience to next gen than the last gen experiences right now. Prove it first. Because right now, all I have is your word. And frankly, CD Projekt Red, your word isn't worth all that much. Yeah, I mean... For the entirety of 2020, I'm expected to believe you because you wrote (laughs) a nice little three-paragraph political apology of if you really want a refund, you can get it. But please... Please, sir, yeah. give us another chance. No, you ran out of chances. What do you think about the the management at CD Projekt Red? Do you think that some changes Ooh. need to happen as far as, you know, personnel changes? Do you think Adam Badowski is someone that can lead that company? Um, or do you think maybe after this there will be some changes? I think if we see any changes, it's going to come after the February patch. Yeah. It's going to be, let's get these two patches out. If we're still having significant problems, then we're going to see some sort of management change. But right now, if you act, it might look a little too hasty. And mm-hmm. it basically be them looking for a, a fall guy to say, oh, Adam's out. It was his fault. Yeah. And I don't think CD Projekt Red wants that kind of press right now. They already have enough bad press happening. But I could see developers start speaking out to journalists like Jason Schreier. Yeah. I could see him getting an email all of a sudden in the next week before the year ends because of the statement saying, hey, the crunch or the development or the atmosphere at the studio is really bad. Mm-hmm. And we might have that type of expose happen. And... You know, it's it's a mess. I feel for the developers at the team who had no say in this, who were forced to release the product, because I'm sure there were developers, there were programmers, there were Q&A employees who were telling their managers, this isn't ready. And they were yeah. basically told, shh, yeah. we're releasing it. Yeah. It's your job to fix it after the fact. Yeah. You do the job that we're asking you to do. Yeah, like... Yeah. yeah, basically, you probably had the manager look at him. You probably had, you know, a load on the totem pole employee come up, say, this isn't ready. And the manager probably gave a snide type of response of, "I'll when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Yeah. 
it, our higher ups want the game out. It's it, going. This is this is a this is a tough one, you know, for me to to talk about. I mean, because I do have friends that do work at CD Projekt Red. I know developers that work there, and every time I tweet something critically about what's been happening, I, I think about those people. You know, like I wonder, are they wonder how they're feeling? You know what I mean? So. I guess the human side of this tends to get lost a little bit when you see these kind of corporate posts come out and and you know all this stuff but um I mean there are real humans that work there there's lots of them and unfortunately you know they're kind of in the middle of this they can't say anything about it but like you said Nate there's going to be that that one anonymous person or a couple of anonymous people that will will leak out stories to the media um so I definitely think there'll be more to come from from this you know over the next couple of weeks and look man i i hope i hope we're past the worst of this now i mean how, how what else can happen at this point with with this game like it's it's been an absolute it's just been an absolute roller coaster for cd project red and and cyberpunk most of it self-inflicted i mean let's be honest they i think you know for me nate i'm i am i'm big on transparency like i'm big on honesty you know, I'm I'm big on looking someone directly in the eye and just telling them, you know, the the, the honest truth about something, and yep. and the honest truth is this game needs another six months. You know, when when Halo was delayed a year, a lot of people were like, man, one whole year? How bad was that game? The game wasn't even ready, and it probably wasn't right. But I think it's also a very strong move you know it's a good move by microsoft to come out and and delay it for as long as it needs to be rather than them saying we're going to delay it till march um and then you know stay tuned for more info when they were never going to get to that point right and it seems like these iterative delays that cd project red brought out this year well they were just kind of like i said they were just moving the cart down down the road that they weren't really addressing the the issue here and that is they are a long further away than than what we all thought they were because they again they just they told us that you know it was it was almost there it was almost there and needed a bit more polish but this is this is more than the game needs more polish this is we need to fix this game because i mean if if i as a developer if i had that build on my ps4 this would be like a a pre alpha build that's what i'd be considering this build as like one that it's it's running it's playable i can i can finish the game i can i can you know go through the gameplay loop and everything but it needs optimization right we're not even at that point yet so you know i i consider those the ps4 and the xbox one versions of the game you know like alpha build that's 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 what they look like to me you know that's the that's the wild thing is that when this game was delayed they said oh it's done we just need to polish it it's going to be great when it comes out later this year and then it was delayed a second time. Where's the polishing? Right. Where's the optimization <laughs> that you guys said way back in April that you were doing to lead up to the November release? What happened to six plus months of polishing and optimization? Because if this is the result, then this game's state back in April had to be an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. There was no way the game was ever launching in April of this year. And I'm glad you brought up Halo Infinite and Microsoft and 343. Because they recently gave us the update on that game. And everything I read in the interview process of them describing how they viewed the demo that they released in July, how they analyzed it, what they learned from it, and how they said, we're going to delay the game a year. That is a industry practice that I can respect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every, I, I want to see that. Happen. Everything's set. It's yeah. great. And as, you, as the head of 343 came out, so I've played through the game twice. I loved what I played, but everything, all the critique was correct. The lighting was flat. We needed better textures. We needed to improve some of the animations. They said, in the work we have done since July to now, early December, late November, that we've improved the engine in tons of ways. And it says to me that they were looking at it saying, we could have launched the game this year, but we as the studio looked to ourselves and said, we can do better. Let's make this the best game we can. Let's do right by the consumers out there. Yeah. And we will delay the game a year. CD Projekt Red, with the decision of Cyberpunk 2077 releasing on consoles this December, was a move about money. 
and not respecting their base. Yeah. And when I look at my copy, my review copy <laughs> of CP2077 on my Xbox One, that is a product that does not respect me, my time, or yep. if I were a consumer, my money. Yeah, uh, you nailed it. You nailed it. Absolutely. I, I want to see I want to see more game developers be more honest about about things. And look, delays. Look, I've said this before. Making games, shipping games, is one of the hardest things you can do. It's it's almost impossible to ship games. There's mm-hmm. there's so many factors against you from the get go, and then coupled with CD Projekt Red situation where they have to support every console that's out right now, including last gen plus PC, it makes it even worse, right? I mean, no one is 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 questioning that, but it also just tells me that they could have been a lot smarter about how they delivered this product to to people. They could have staged it in in some type of different fashion. They didn't have to release everything all in one go. They didn't have to you know, have some ridiculous embargo restrictions and all that stuff. They, they could have definitely approached this a lot better. And I don't think it would have been a big deal for them. Would it have lost, you know, a, a couple of hundred thousand pre-orders? Maybe, right? Like not everyone's going <laughs> to pre-order the console versions when a PC only version would drop, let's say last week. But I still think they'll they'll hit those same numbers. And right now, I mean, we don't know how many people are going to process refunds and get their money back. I'm hoping that a lot of people do, you know, exercise that. Um, a lot of people may just say, oh, I'm just going to wait until the game gets better. And that's, look, that's fine. As, as a consumer, it's your right to do so. You can do whatever you like. But I do hope that people do, you know, think about this one because this one feels a lot different than any other one, that any other situation that's happened in the past. And, Look, I think we're always going to get to this point with with video games. This was coming, right? Like we knew that embargoes starting are starting to get so restrictive now and they do that just to maximize sales and maximize review scores and everything, but hopefully the industry will take a look at this and do a a full postmortem on on the whole thing and say, "Look, where did we screw up here and and what do we need to do?" to get better and on that note I, I have a question for you and this may be a little I don't want to say controversial but it's an interesting one and that is we've we've, we've kind of slammed CD Projekt Red for the last 42 minutes but what about reviewers right so we know that embargoes were signed by big publications like IGN Kotaku you know all the all the big the big players so they agreed to this ridiculous embargo that they would review the pc only version offer no video footage and then give it a review score knowing that they couldn't access the console versions there was no console versions to play so do you think they should some of these publications should have pushed back and said no we don't agree with that we're going to just we're going to review the game when the game comes out on 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 consoles and not have to you know adhere to a very restrictive embargo it's a tough question to really give a full answer on because the code distribution of this particular game was incredibly limited and they didn't hand out any of the console code until Wednesday, mm-hmm. maybe Tuesday for select outlets. So nobody even had access to PlayStation 4 or Xbox versions of this game until only a couple of days after launch. So it was after the initial text embargo for the review and it's kind of, I guess, as the outlet, you're going to look at it as we're reviewing the PC version. If we put at the bottom of the review or even at the top of the review that this review is based on the PC version with this graphics card, we're giving the reader enough information that it, this is strictly the PC review. This mm-hmm. isn't for PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. So they're doing their due diligence in that sense. But... I could see the reason to say we're not reviewing your game with these embargo guidelines. We need to see that that console version. Yeah. Because you're deliberately not giving it to us. We know the code is ready. I mean, we, we saw copies on shelves. <laughs> the game was already out in some areas accidentally. Oh, and that's so, the other thing. The copyright strikes that they were giving to, yes. to creators that had the game that legitimately got the game early. 
Um, look, I, I get it. I get, I get DMCA and, and you know, you, you want to protect your IP, but like they were doing everything they possibly could, Nate, to not show yes. console footage of this game until the game like, came out. I could, I understood it if they said, due to spoilers of the story, yes. we don't want you to go beyond, let's say, act one, subsection one. Right. And let's say it's the first hour of the game. We don't want you to show beyond that. Up to that point, you guys can do it. You bought the game. Yep. Legally, you didn't do anything wrong. Best Buy shipped your copy early. Show the game. It's the fact that they said, no, nothing at all. It's kind of like, okay, you guys are really going far to hide this game from the public eye. And that immediately stands out as shady. And if I'm that review outlet, I probably still abide by that embargo. But the second I get that right to publish footage of those other versions i'm running that and i'm i might pull my score off that initial pc review to say this is going to be updated based on the console version and that original score of let's say a 90 is no longer reflective of the performance of this game on other platforms and that's where people go to the metacritic and they say well it has a 90 yes it has a 90 on pc it doesn't have a 90 for playstation 4 or xbox one or any other platform because those games were not that game wasn't reviewed on those platforms at that time and other publishers they do they do similar things as this it's just the example with cd project red and cyberpunk is so blatant and it was so deceptive that it stands out compared to those other type of releases and i mean i guess it's a catch-22 if you as the outlets say i'm not abiding by that embargo and now i can't produce coverage until launch day yeah you are morally you're in the right you said no i'm going to show if this game has bugs if this game has problems i'm putting that with my review and if you don't do it maybe you're you know traffic might be lower because people want to see that initial hit of reviews and they they want to read that coverage and you can be critical in that text coverage we saw a few outlets do it GameSpot, games beat mm-hmm. were very critical of the game even without having video footage to go alongside it yep so i mean it's a really complex matter yeah and i mean it's definitely as you alluded to earlier i want the consumer to exercise their rights get their refund and if you do have the hopes of the game will be better down the line get your money now and decide in two or three months if you want to give your money back to CD Projekt Red. Don't let them keep your money in hopes it gets better because come February, if it isn't better, you're not getting a refund. Get the money now and wait. Don't reward them for their bad behavior by allowing them to keep your hard-earned money right now. Let them earn it and see if they've earned it come March or April of next year. And then make a better informed decision once people have played the updates, once we have seen analysis of the updates, and then you can make a truly 100% informed decision and say, that's acceptable to me now, or it remains unacceptable. You're not getting my money, but get your money back immediately and respect yourself, respect the money you work for by not rewarding this horrendous business practice perpetrated by CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk 2077 on Xbox, PlayStation, and even PC. Mm -hmm. So I got one more question. Uh, Do you think this will change anything in the industry going forward? Do you think this has, do you think this represents Uh some type of, you know, shifting Uh sands at all? Or um, or do you think that, you know, a week from now, we're going to be eating our Christmas hams (laughs) and, and everything and forgetting all about video games? People, especially gamers, we have short memories. We are in that moment when there is that controversy or that outrage, but the second something new hits that's to hype up, we forget that previous outrage. So in this case, the best case scenario of change I could see is maybe certain publishers will now hesitate in announcing projects too far in advance. Do that Nintendo idea or even kind of the Sony idea of we can wait till about eight months before release to announce a game. That way, we're not going to hit these significant delays. We're not going to overhype or oversell what we have. And I'd say that's the best case scenario. But I think largely we're not going to see any meaningful changes 
because this is an industry built on hype. Yeah, it's built on false false promises. It's built on bull shots of look at this amazing thing we want to sell you, and that's what the consumer gets excited for. That's what the consumer wants to see, and these publishers know that. And that's why CD Projekt Red did exactly what they did with this game, where they released these trailers using high-end PC footage, and then at the end of the trailers said coming to Xbox One, because the consumer would look at that trailer and say, wow, that looks amazing. Even though there's a little caption at the bottom in a .2 font saying, not representative of Xbox One gameplay, we ignore that. We look at the flashy. We see the, you know, we saw all, see all that excitement on the screen. Mm-hmm. And maybe now you'll just have i think first party companies have the most to learn from this yeah where they want to be more honest and open with the consumer but third parties i think we're still going to see deceptive marketing tactics we might see a few come out and say you know they might give a pledge that we're going to be more transparent but a lot of that's just in the moment pandering mm-hmm. and i hope cd project red takes all this to heart i hope when they are hit with a million plus refund requests that they take the time to say, we have to learn from what we did. We can't do this again because they still have a lot of goodwill on their side. Some of it is earned. Some of it is just blind hype because they are a big developer and big publisher. But this is where the consumer has to step up. If we don't want to be treated so poorly by these corporations we have to come out and now we have to demand our refunds. We have to demand better from them. And this is the prime opportunity for us to do it. So go out there, use your voice, get your money back and say, you're not getting it back until you prove to me that this game is worth my money. So stand up, demand your right, exercise your right and make CD Projekt Red deliver. And if not, sorry, you guys, your game bombed. <laughs> yep. I agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think we, we we've covered it. It's it's a very unfortunate situation, but um, yeah, I mean, as as a consumer, you know, you hold the cards. So if you want that refund, it's available. Go out and get it. If you want to wait and see if the game gets fixed, which I think it will, just a matter of time as as to when, um, you can <laughs> you can do that too. But for me, I'm I just I just hope that that we do learn from this, you know, that, that the industry does look at this as a, as a moment in, in time and, and say, we can't, we can't do this again. This is not, this is not acceptable. You know, we have to do, we have to be better. Yep. And I think aside from the publisher, the consumer can also learn something of don't pre-order based on hype. Yeah. We're kind of out of that age of having to pre-order a game. You can walk into a store. They're going to have, plenty of copies you don't need to pre-order a game and maybe this is a change that we could see on the digital front of you can preload you can preload a game without having to To pre-order pre-order it and once once the game is released and you go to activate it that's when you finish the buying process because a lot of people seem to purchase a game on digital platforms or pre-order the game because they just want to preload so they can play the game immediately. So maybe we see that type of option be implemented by Sony, Nintendo, or Microsoft of preload the game without the necessary pre-order, and then you can make your decision on launch day of whether or not you actually want to complete the transaction because refunds on digital platforms is still quite cumbersome, and Sony and Microsoft are being an obstacle right now with digital refunds of cyberpunk 2077 on those platforms because they're saying well the game's not broken and this is probably something that will be resolved in the next day or two because cyber cd project red has come out and said go to sony or microsoft and get a refund on these platforms so it may just be a case that they still need to communicate with cd project red and form an understanding of how they're going to handle these refund transactions so if you're having trouble today hopefully with by the end of the week it's been resolved yeah i think that would be Yes. Now we'll go into some of the Streamlab questions. We had a $100 donation from Shamsa. No message. Thank you for the donation and support, Shamsa. We then had a dollar donation from Jackie G, who writes, Do you think Microsoft would benefit from purchasing Moon Studios? Keep up the good work. Be a good pickup. Um, it would be a good pickup because the Ori franchise is fantastic. It gives Microsoft a much-needed genre fill I, th- um, I think they should buy moon and do the next banjo game how's that for a take 
That would be a good pick. I'd be interested to see what they could do with Banjo. I mean, they're a very talented team there. They're artists. Gareth Coker as their music composer. They can make an emotionally riveting game. So they definitely give Microsoft something they really need in terms of first-party output. So it would be a definitely an intriguing acquisition. Then had, a, <clears throat> then had a $100 donation from the Zelda Sensei, who writes, No question, love the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you for your donation and generosity, Sensei. Then had a $5 donation from Symphonic Balance, who writes, Just finished watching the Game Awards. Except for the beginning, it went how I pretty much expected. Figured Nintendo would only show a few things and that Microsoft would want to have a big presence. Surprised there wasn't as much from Sony, though. Sony's absence was definitely noted, and it was quite interesting that their only major presence in terms of first party was Returnal, and they dated that for March. While Ratchet & Clank remains missing, there was no new trailer, no release date, which suggests to me that Ratchet & Clank is probably releasing after Returnal. Yes. And that is a eternal depression for me, because <laughs> Ratchet & Clank I want now, not in April. I want that game. Um, but it seems like Sony really doesn't have all that much investment in the Game Awards. This is the second consecutive year they really didn't have that much of a presence. But Microsoft definitely leverages the Game Awards to their advantage. And I wouldn't be surprised if that continues moving forward. And Nintendo, they just kind of do it if they have something in the immediate future. Yeah, I, like, I, th- I thought I thought Sony didn't have a big showing either. And I kind of predicted it on our last show that I felt like they would probably be mostly quiet. But I did, Nate, to your point, expect to see a Ratchet trailer at least. So hopefully we'll hear more about that you know, in January or February next year. Yeah, hopefully Sony has like a state of play because I think their next release is Destruction All-Stars in January, which is coming to PlayStation Plus. And then after that, their next dated PlayStation 5 game is Returnal. So they definitely have a lineup to fill in terms of PlayStation 5 releases. And that goes for Microsoft and Nintendo as well. They have to fill their early half of 2021. Nintendo has a little more with Persona 5 Strikers, Super Mario 3D World, Ghost and Goblins. But Sony definitely has to start communicating a little bit more then had a dollar donation from hazed writes love the content do you think anything related to kid icarus might be happening soon no i think icarus flew too close to the sun and his wings (laughs) have melted and we're going to be waiting a little more before the wings form again for him to take flight i would agree with that very well said by the way (laughs) dropping a little bit of uh mythology mythology yeah <laughs> then had a dollar donation from Liam Werner. Right, you guys talk about Crunch a lot, and one example I'm surprised you haven't brought up is Sakurai and Smash. Ultimate development started before Smash 4 DLC was done, so he's been working on Smash for eight years straight, and it's put him in the hospital four times. The topic matter of Sakurai and Smash is a very complex one because. Sakurai is technically a freelance developer on the project. Nintendo doesn't have direct control over what his input is. And a lot of the time, Sakurai is working under his own accord. It's not being dictated by Nintendo or Bandai Namco. It's Sakurai being Sakurai. And that's kind of the thing with Crunch, where if you as the employee want to work that 100-hour week, you have that free you have that free will to make that decision crunch is when it's mandatory and it's being dictated by your higher ups that and you have no say in it so if sakurai wants to work all those hours and that's his passion it's you know through his own volition but every studio nintendo as the example here every development studio has crunch to a certain degree and it's just a question of how extensive is it how is it mandated right so ultimate development is definitely a complex issue and it's one we don't have enough intimate knowledge of no no developer has come out and said this is how it was handled so all we can kind of do is speculate and look at sakurai's own personal approach to a project but i mean i agree i don't think sakurai should be working himself to the point where he needs an iv drip or getting to the point of exhaustion where he's being admitted to the hospital because he's not sleeping because he's so focused on getting the character balance right to his game but if that's his personal choice 
I don't know how much say we can really have in that. Yeah, that's well said. And I think just to add to that, I mean, we probably won't ever know some of those stories about crunch culture, especially coming out of Japan. Like it's it's one of those things where, you know, we assume that, that these developers are crunching, but we don't really know how bad they are. Like the, the stories come out of the US and, and these big studios because, you know, a lot of the times we'll, we'll hear about employees or current employees, ex-employees talking about working conditions. We don't really get that on, you know, from the Japanese companies as much. So, you know, I think there's definitely a crunch culture there that does exist. And you're right, Nate. I mean, if Sakurai is basically grinding himself into the ground on his own accord, that's that's something a little different than than you know coming into work and being told you have to work the next five saturday and sundays to meet a deadline yeah it's definitely a complex matter and that is the last streamlab question this episode if you'd like to support the channel we have a streamlabs link in the description below you can make a donation of any numerical value ask us a question we will answer at the end of the episode if you donate a hundred dollars or more we will dedicate the episode to you this episode was once again donated to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei. Again, thank you for your generosity and continued support. And I'd like to thank MVG for joining me as always. Thanks for having me on, Nate. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a good discussion today. I liked it. It was a good discussion. And let us know your thoughts in the comment section below on the situation with CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk 2077. And if you have felt deceived, lied to, or misled by their marketing and even their latest marketing statement, and be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel. We are trying to get to 10,000 subscribers before the year is over, and it's well within our reach if you do subscribe. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.